Welcome to the Let It Bleed podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. Just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. Good enough. No, not really perfect, but you know how it is. It's fine. No, it's fine. No, nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. We're all just getting by. And that's Except the most for, we can hope for. Yeah, that's that's true. Except for uh, Watchmen, which is a pretty damn good show so far. I'm gonna say that it's. it's I uh, was just it, watching that shit. Exceeding my expectations so far. Each one Me gets too. a little bit better, and it's getting. How far are you? I am on, I'm really on episode three. I was just like watching episode four, but then, you know, it was a whole uh, uh, dog and pony show over here. Things got a little bit wild, wasn't really paying attention. So I saw like little bits of it. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. But uh, episode, yes, the first yes. three episodes have been pretty fucking good so far. Now, I, was... I don't know. I don't... Go ahead. Well, I, I don't remember if we had spoke about it before, but did you? We did briefly. Uh, by, like briefly, but did you say that uh, you did understand or follow like the the story from like the comic book, or I mean the is it a comic book or is it a book? It's a comic like, book, it's a, it's a... and then it was a movie. No, I never read the okay. comic books, but I did see the movie. Okay. And All right, I well... thought I liked the movie, but God, it was like a long time ago. I really don't remember. Too well, well, that's what that's what uh, Dave and I were saying is that. You know, it that movie had come out just a little bit later because it kind of came out right, I think, even before or right around the time that Iron Man had just come out and kind of started the whole like craze with superhero um, films. Yeah. And so, you know, we were saying that it was ahead of its time because if you were to watch that now, which I did a couple weeks ago, I was like, huh, it's really interesting, you know, um, for the time frame that we're in right now, it's kind of like. Uh, this would definitely do well if it was released today, as opposed to when it was probably released. I mean, released was, wasn't it supposed to be like an analogy for like Nixon and shit? Wasn't that a thing, or was it Reagan well, in the eighties? Fuck, I don't. No, so basically, as the story goes, and this isn't really you know giving anything away crucial to the plot line necessarily. Um, it's just kind of part of the setting is that it's like an alternate alternate timeline reality. Uh, yeah. C- compared to ours, so like Nixon. Uh, instead of getting, uh, you know, instead of him resigning, he ends up serving four terms. And like, so basically he's kind of like what a Trump would be like in today's time, just kind of like just does whatever the fuck he wants and, and gets away with it, like kind yeah. of forced four terms on there. Yeah. And then so the timeline that we're in in the show now is it's much later. It's kind of like, you know, things it's have kind of gone full circle. Yeah, and so and it is like yeah, 2019, but every like there's just a lot of differences. Like in like the Vietnam War, I guess we won the Vietnam War um in in this story and there's like a whole bunch of different stuff that's going on. Um um not to mention Well, I mean, uh, they say we won the Vietnam War in this timeline too, but that's not exactly the truth. Uh I I the consensus I've always heard is that we lost as terms in terms of like you know, that just some people are stubborn to to say it for what it was and said so they, well, you know, yeah. say we would. But um, yeah, so in this reality, they they actually like it's like we went in there and just like fuck shit up and completely like won. And so it changes, um, you know, just a lot of things. And uh, 
Robert Redford is the yeah. president in the new in the new uh, uh, Watchmen series, which you know they said that like you didn't really need to watch the movie or read the book to kind of to really pick up on this. But I just find that um, that kind of hard to believe because if I didn't go back and watch you know the the movie and have Dave kind of fill me in on certain characters and just kind of give me a little bit of a backstory i'd be completely lost i'd be like what the fuck is is going on like I, there's just so much that and it does kind of unravel it starts to come out and and you start to pick things up by after the first episode but i would have just without all that you know it kind of would just still be like what the hell am i watching you know i don't, yeah, I don't really I, get it i think i expressed a couple of weeks ago that i thought the first episode was like very good it was juicy it was interesting but like I was afraid that it might just introduce these themes in a way and then never kind of tie them up. It would go like full, you, like full the director owns us. Yeah. Yeah. Like the director did with the leftovers. Uh, see, I never now watched I, that. Now I do remember, um, I was talking about this, I believe. So yeah, I mean, he's, he did lost and he did leftovers. Um, but, yeah, but now and, after seeing a few episodes, I'm like, okay, I'm in. This shit has been yeah. good so far. It's delivered. It's not just <coughs> teasing things that it never plans to follow through. I'm <coughs> like, okay, this is actually interesting. It's got a message. It feels well thought out. <coughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. Like, I got into it uh, over the weekend, <coughs> actually. I actually ended up catching kind of the third episode on accident. And I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. And I went back <coughs> and watched all of them together. Yeah, it's yeah, really right cool. Yeah, I had a um, vape hit and kind of just dried up the throat instantly Ugh. Anyway. oh man don't you love when you take that big fat vape hit and you're just like oh man i am a champion at this and then it's like a just a delayed fuse like five four three. Oh god anyways just cotton, cotton throat joe yeah no it's uh it's it anyways i'm fine i'm i'll, I'll live but yeah i thought it was really cool that uh, Trent Reznor um, did the, the score that. for that. I saw that in the uh, in in the. I just caught it in the credits like uh, earlier tonight. I'm like, oh wait, music by Trent. That's freaking dope. Yeah, I like that. I can uh, feel it too. I think really good. The really good thematic uh, tunes. So that like you know builds the suspense, but it's like kind of unique. Not stuff that you hear in every other show. Um, and that's real. That's pretty badass. I love. I love that you got like people like Trent Reznor and the RZA. That like get these super sick gigs to like you know do the sound for um for like you know do the scores for for movies and series and stuff like that like it's always a treat when you get to to hear what they like bring to it you know like when the RZA did uh, with with Kill Bill and uh, what other what other shows are are um or yeah. movies did he do the score for I know Trent Reznor did the, like the score for like the Social Network um and I'm sure that they've you know, probably worked on numerous other things that I'm not even aware about. But uh, yeah, it's always really cool when you when, when you, when you, you see to... them kind of branch out like that, not be so much themselves, like like put their hands onto a project where their name and face isn't like the draw. You know, when yeah. It's like oh, they can just dive into the studio and kind of just use their raw technical ability because they're still really good at that shit to add something to it. And then when you find out later, like a pleasant surprise, it's like oh, that's fucking that's cool you know right yeah and you know these are artists also that are legends that we've loved for their own music but then like seeing how yeah it's almost like a composer that you're admiring like you know one of the great you could tell like they're one of the greats because you're they're right you're, they're branching out and uh 
creating this thing that's that's for something else that's not entirely theirs. It's like a collaboration. You know, they're not like I, I don't know. I, I just think it's badass. Um, no, I, I I love it, man. I I love that we are back. We are full swing into like fall television, and there's so much good shit out there to watch. You know. Yeah. And, totally. and we're yeah. I mean, fucking well, HBO. I've run I've run through it right all now. though. Fucking. What do you, what are you watching on HBO? Well, Silicon other, Valley, other than the Watchmen, I think is really killing their last season. I think it's great so far. I'm fucking... in this first episode. You see it? Are the first couple episodes? Yeah, the first three or however many it's been. It's two, two right now for the it's new only two? season. Yeah, I thought it was three. Okay, well I'm tripping. Oh, maybe it is two. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, I think they're off to a strong start. You know, I'm okay. never really sure. Six seasons is like usually the max for a show and i think that's probably that kind of seems right for this one too but um yeah no i've been, i've been stoked on it so far i'm and, hanging in there with it it kind of goes back and forth like so much for me that i'm just like ah like it's just like every like three times in each episode it's like you know like they got they got a problem then they get it solved and then they get another problem right at it's, the end it's of it it's very like, yeah oh. they do stick to their formula you know it's like oh i know when to kind of not get excited but then they build things up and they build to these moments like fucking uh, I'm sorry. In the last episode when Jared loses it on Richard. Oh, that's that was funny. That was Holy hilarious. Holy shit. <laughs> I we I was we fucking died. That shit was great. Yeah, yeah you could sit. You could sit. Like I was thinking about that today, actually. And I was thinking like, did, was this something that Mike Judge and the writers of the show had planned for a long time or did they reach like a point in the last season where they're kind of like making it up as they go along now and so like that if that were the case you know that would be such like a surprise for the actor to read like he's like oh okay you know because i mean i i think they have teased that out enough that like uh uh, zach woods had that range that he could do that and that he just like because he's done we've seen glimpses of that before you know Right. And that's his whole character. There's so many, like, uh, you know, small jokes about how hard, you know, the rest of his life has been and all this shit. Like, there's a whole there's a whole bit last season where he just, like, just couldn't stop getting pussy. Like, uh, he just are you talking all... about Jared? You mean in a yeah. few seasons ago? Where, like, yeah, like, he's getting all the, like, the ladies coming over to his house and then, like, <laughs> they were yeah. just, like, they were what, R- Hanneman was right. He really does fuck. Yeah, like, whoa, <laughs> this guy fucks. Yeah. yeah oh, like, man. That, uh, that was so, it, it's so good. As it's coming to a close, I'm just like, god damn, that was fucking solid, you know? Is I just this, love when the uh, show knows when to bow out. So is this uh, said to be the last season? This is the last season for sure, yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I did not. Yeah. Uh, I was not aware. Um, yeah, they're done after well, this. Well, see, I think, uh, you know, they definitely... Mike Judge is, is freaking awesome, though. He's always been, with this show especially, you know, just like staying current with have, everything. And Have we talked about Tales from the Tour? No. Oh, dude. I think oh, maybe. you would love that shit. It's it's, it's Mike Judge's show. Uh, it's his show on uh, fuck. I want to say it's like Stars or something. Oh, and I think you may have said this, and I was uh, like just you know uh, disappointed because that's the one that and Showtime are like the two uh, networks that I don't have. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm not a savvy little um, downloader. Hey, that's okay. And, Showbox has been down for a few weeks anyway, so I don't have any of that shit either. 
But if you ever uh, do get the chance, Tales from the Tour, fucking dope. You know, that's Mike Judge animating stories of it's season one was all like country outlaw era people. So like um uh like Hank Williams and shit like that. Um fucking what was the other dude? Oh man, there's so many names I like cannot remember off the top of my head, but just all the crazy stories and shit that they would get into throughout their career and they would animate it all together. And then the second season was all funk. And that was also really good too. It was all funk? Yeah. The first season was all country, like, outlaw, like, 70s country stars and how crazy their, you know, touring life was. And then the okay. second season was all, like, George Clinton and Parliament and, like, uh, uh, James Brown. Anima- like and all he the animates sh- that? Yeah, it's, it's all animated. It's all, it's all like, uh, it's a very, like, Mike Judge-style animation. And it's him, uh, it's him doing it. And then he interviews people that were there. And they kind of cut back and forth between, like, the animations and then, like, the real people that were in the room. Oh, as they're telling the story and then he animates the story like as they're telling it and it's that's... it's fucking it's really super interesting it's hilarious it's i mean it's just really good you know wow i have to check that out that yeah no i think i think you would fucking love that shit okay yeah yeah definitely gotta find a way to hack me some stars or if somebody's got their uh i don't their know cody oh, or something like that code. there's there's a bunch of those out there right yeah, right, right. and there. I mean, so, fuck, we are in the the heyday of it right now because we are coming off of. I think it was Apple just released their new like uh, streaming content service like two weeks ago, and then Disney today Plus it was came Disney out today. Plus. Yeah, it's so bizarre to me to uh, just have The Simpsons as part of Disney. That's strange. I don't know. I think it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, I think it's bizarre to have The Simpsons because I just feel like it's always something, it's always been something completely opposite of what Disney is. And I love The Simpsons, but I just think like, you know, they're at Universal Studios like, and like it just doesn't seem like it's a fit. You know, the at first when Marvel joined up with Disney, it kind of was like, okay, you know, that was, it's it was easy to get used to for some reason. I don't know. I feel like that's more disney than having the simpsons like going to disneyland and like seeing some the simpsons there will be a pleasant it'll be a nice surprise but it'll be a surprise nonetheless you know i didn't know they were like merging their you know all of their ips so hard because i know that you know fox and disney had that that big merger which is great because now there's only four media companies you know like this whole shit is fucking dumb but that's i i don't know i wouldn't have expected that i wouldn't have thought that they would like just that disney would take the simpsons oh oh so you didn't know this i, I thought you were surprised this. This is news to I, me oh okay i thought you were surprised that i was surprised because <laughs> it was no, like uh, i don't know yeah. I, I didn't even know yeah it's uh i guess they're going to be streaming the simpsons on there all of them just kind of like how fx did but i'm sure uh i don't i mean i guess i guess they're on both now so i mean that's cool that's but, crazy, man. That's just another. I, I, I'm wondering, like, there's, there's got to be something more to the whole business model that I don't think I fully understand yet. Because I thought, like, I feel like I read one time that I know, like, Netflix operated at a loss. And with all this content, and all this stuff coming in, like, I. You know, and and they don't share their numbers because a lot of them are private. But I'm wondering why there's such this big push now for everybody to do their own 
content streaming models like this and how so many of them are investing so much into getting them launched because you had prime apple and disney now this year all going big hard at the gate to try to take away well, i don't know if it's trying to add to or take away uh market share from like netflix and hulu and hbo who are like some of the big three right now well it's definitely a major competition but it's also seemingly uh kind of like it, it seems like at the at the top the people that are making the most money kind of have a hand in each of them because they're they're very i wouldn't say evenly distributed there are certain uh streaming sites that i think like have you know a little bit i like their format better and i like you know the general amount of con like the the type of but it seems very like each one has its own thing and just enough for people to want to really feel that they're all worth getting and so they go and like literally will yeah. get as many of them as possible and that way the people that are at the very top of these these things have you know they're just making fucking tons of money I don't well, know. I guess it, I guess to me it's like it's like uh, you know Facebook, it's like Uber, it's like Amazon, it's like so many of these companies are operating and they're not making like money, you know, they're not making like real money. It's it's their evaluation that like keeps them afloat. It's like there's a value there that is beyond just money and like that whole concept. It's like economy of attention. Like I really still feel like I'm struggling to to understand it. Because oh okay I see what you're saying yeah well, and so I'm wondering kind of... like is there something that I'm missing uh, with all this stuff like some inherent value here some you know some dudes in a back room uh, you know some Silicon Valley people fucking figured out like hey this is way more valuable it's like this is power you know that's kind of what they found out with like Facebook and so they cared less about turning profits and more about um, you know the attention <clears throat> and the ability to wield power. And right well, now they're using it to destroy the world. So there's that going on. Well, in, and I'm wondering, should I be in Silicon suspicious of all these things? Well, that's what, uh, isn't that what, um, isn't that what uh, Russ Hanneman said in Silicon Valley telling Richard, it's not about what you make, it's about what you're worth. Yeah. You yeah know, I think, he, uh, yeah. That's kind of the mindset that you're right. Like that they're operating, that's kind of like, just what people are striving for because you see how fast and rapid things change in some a play like you know like in the silicon valley well i'm sure it's kind of pretty much the same thing with all of these major networks you know all these streaming sites and stuff they just all the money that goes into it because you got to figure like you got to wonder how much money like how are studios major studios staying afloat now you know like yeah like how how I... are like universal and like all those other major studios like staying afloat you know unless how do, of course how do you just go they, out there and and lose 75 million dollars in gemini man and not bat nine at, at that shit you know it's right but it, I, you know it was interesting though i was watching uh hail caesar last week and every time i watch a coen brothers movie i feel like after each time it gets better and better and better like no matter what the movie is and like when i first saw that movie I, I can I see thought, that. Okay. I thought, hey, you know, it's, it's pretty good. But each time I've seen it, and especially this last time, I'm like, holy shit. You know, you really start to, like, kind of see more about the message that they're trying to get out of each story. And, and really, like, tr kind of, like, you know, compare 
what it was like back in the day, but, you know, like looking at how it was in the 50s, or at least how they portrayed it, you know, it was very interesting how much power these studios had, you know, uh, how much money they had. And you got to figure like, you know, they've been able to do that for so long where like you're saying, like how many millions of dollars did they just blow and lose and, on Gemini Man and just like didn't even bat yeah, it well, they've always had that. Loss, you know? Yeah. And they, you know, they've always, they've always had this though. This is like something that's no big deal to them. Like in the movie, uh, George Clooney's character was like held for ransom, um, for like a hundred thousand dollars, like just and no problem. Like uh, Josh Brolin's character was like called up somebody, some exec, and was like, "Hey, I need to borrow some money from the petty cash, a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand dollars." Which at the time, you know, would have been like a million dollars easily, you know, in the early nineteen fifties. Um, and that, that's and so, the thing, man. It's like none of, money's not real. That's like right. probably the trippiest and like hardest thing that I think. You know, to to get your head around. Like, I struggle with that a lot, you know, when it comes to, like, some of these gigantic numbers. It's like, oh, you know, it, it's just not real. Like, it's all just an agreement for, you know, evaluations. Like, not, nothing is backed by anything. There's no inherent value to a lot of the stuff we do. It's just the value that we assign to it. And it's just this. It, it, to me, it's, it's, it's like the, you know, when you hear them talk about, uh, the like non-linear uh, 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 viewpoint of, of time or some shit like that. It's like, oh, okay, I feel like I can kind of understand Cliff Notes. You're taking some people's word for it, but that is just still, you know, it's a trip. And to think that like these giant companies kind of operate at this level and it's more about like the money or like the attention in the story tends to add up to them. I don't know, man. We're getting well, fucking... Okay, they, we're getting deep, a conspiracy theorist type stuff right now, but it's kind of... No, you're... I mean, this is stuff well, that I... I mean, yeah, like, I watch you know? all the time. It's not... It's You're not wrong to think that way, or you're not... You wouldn't... You wouldn't... The fact that people would label you, like, anyone that, you know, ha raises these questions, uh, you know, conspiracy theorist, it shows well, how much effort... That's that's like... No, that's right, but, but, that's but when you start talking... Works, when you like... start talking about it and when you question it, you know, and, and get to a point where people feel either uh, just not they don't know enough about it or they just feel uncomfortable about talking about it. Uh, kind of like the same thing uh, with how it w there was so much effort put into um, making people who raise questions about, you know, stuff is like extraterrestrial life and UFOs and stuff, how there was so much effort put into making people like that just seem crazy. Um, but these are questions that we should all be raising because, you know, like the fact is that well, when the yeah, Federal Reserve but, Bank I'm, was created, you know, like th they don't know like where all this money is, you know, where it all went. All of this money is like missing and they don't know where it's all gone or um, there's just all this money that's unaccounted for. And they believe that like wealthy people like took that money and took it like what over to Switzerland to Panama or to Panama or. There's several different places. Um, yeah, but there's charters that are kept all over the place, and everything is shell companies within shell companies, and all these people that know how to like play the game, they understand that's that like right. this shit isn't, it's not real, you know. Yeah, that movie. But that there's we a were talking giant. About, we sure were talking that. about this a couple of weeks ago in the, in the laundromat, which was yes, which yeah. was really good mm -hmm. and kind of uh, at least starting to introduce this concept. But um, oh fuck, where was I going with this? 
Yeah, I, I was saying there, there's there's also a large uh, <coughs> there's been a giant effort to make sure that people don't understand this concept. <coughs> they don't want most people to figure this out because that you know, <coughs> if you tell people like, hey, the uh, you know the government, right? The government, they're like, oh, you know, if I need to balance my paycheck or my uh, my pocketbook. The government should have to too. Like we should pay for all these things, and it's like that's not necessarily how the government works. It's not how macroeconomics works. You know, macro and microeconomics being two very different things. As, as far as I know, trust me, I'm no expert, so I might be speaking a little bit out of turn here. But I know that like that's actually been used as a weapon for a very long time. Because uh, I mean, look, how many I'm sure you've heard people talk about the deficit in your life, right? How big <laughs> right. a deal that the country's deficit is, how much money we owe, and but uh, it ain't going down any like it ain't. There's no way it's gonna that's like. That's the thing. Just, the like, deficit but has nobody been cares. used as a fucking weapon since the 1800s against people. There's you know this conservative movement that talks about being the party of fiscal responsibility, but the truth is like. That doesn't really matter, you know? I mean, there is, a, there is a number. There is a level where that does matter. But there is some, and I, I've been trying to understand this listening to like uh, a podcast on economics and stuff like that. And they're saying that we still have probably like another, you know, trillion dollars, half a trillion dollars of like bandwidth in the economy before we would really see, uh, you know, things like the deficit, uh, bubble burst and have real adverse effects now i'm very much speaking out of my element here and this is not something that i had in my notes ready to talk about but this shit like how many like how many republicans have you seen say shit about the deficit which is that a has exploded it's fucking it has gone up so much under this president and nobody said a word on you know it's Either funny side because of this shit because they know hey it doesn't matter and then watch if we get a democratic president in 2020 right away the deficit's going to matter again you know it's it's a weapon yeah well the strange thing and and this is something that I kind of experienced today while talking with this guy now a friend of mine from work who uh you know he he says he didn't vote for Trump but anyways you could tell that he he says he's a republican though and anyways he it seems like the view or the perspective on this is vastly different than what you just said, because whether it, whether they're wrong or not, it's just the way that they that they see it, because I guess Fox News says the exact opposite, that like we are the best economy that we've been in, in so long. And it's because of Donald Trump. But yeah, that's a th I mean, I've learned and so they much actually about well, they, the they say that and realizing nobody knows what the fuck that means. Well, that, no... but that's there's a way that it is said or something on whatever networks or television networks that they're watching that are, is telling these people and, and convincing them that he's actually done good for the economy. <clears throat> well, yeah, what happened was is that like the economy, it reacts very slowly. Things take a long time to kind of trickle down, you know, and actually the truth is, is that the president usually does not have that much control or bearing over the economy. 
it's it's about you know uh, Congress can can you know do some things and there are things that can be employed to help shape it, but for the most part, it, it's it a lot of it, in a lot of ways is out of control of the government. Trump is a very unique case because he has managed to take a economy that was growing and he is slowly choking it to death and all of the like you can see the economy start to grow after 2009 once there was a gigantic concerted effort to stimulate the economy and drive us out of the recession of 2008 uh you know during the obama years and uh I can't say that I agree with everything that was going on there, but you know we did come out of it, and we have seen very consistent, we've seen consistent growth and and a, a snowballing effect of growth going up there, and then in you know you can see the growth slow down um, as after Trump got in office, and you can actually directly connect that to things that he has done, like government shutdowns, like the tariffs and the trade war. Um, like so much of the economic policy, like kicking every Mexican out, you know, it's like all these things actually have very devastating effects in the economy. And I would have said, oh shit, like the president doesn't really have much of an effect on it, but like, goddamn, he managed to actually fuck it up. And so we're seeing it actually slow down right now. And it's really, uh, based on everything that I've read and heard and i know i don't sound that smart right now but there are a lot of alarm bells going off that we are headed for a recession uh, uh, a pretty deep one and usually the federal reserve is there and they have things that they can do they have levers that they can pull to help steer us out of a recession and out of these you know uh, when we see giant uh, economic cliffs that we're about to go over they have things that can kind of steer us the other way but the thing is, Trump has been so aggressively just pushing forth his own policies. Then we got things like the GOP tax cut in 2017, which was probably one of the greatest single transfers of wealth from the bottom, you know, uh, half of the country up to the top 1% we've ever seen. And mm -hmm. um, these things are having adverse effects in the economy. And they are pulling all the levers that they would usually save until we were in a recession to help pull us out they have basically gotten rid of all the safety nets so that politically it can still feel pretty normal because what they're trying to do is stave off a recession until after 2020. And then, I mean, I mean, the president himself has said, or, or when economists, came, his economic advisors came to him and said, Hey, you can't keep doing this because we're going to explode the deficit like by 2028 or 2040 or some shit like that. They're like, you know, this is going to be a major problem. And then he said, literally, well, I don't care. I'm not going to be here. So there's that. Um, yeah, the party of fiscal responsibility is full of shit. Um, and yeah, I, I think maybe we gave the conceit there is that like, as I'm starting to understand more, I'm starting to understand maybe we gave Obama maybe a little bit too much credit for the economy. But I think we're definitely giving Trump too much credit for the economy because it has been, unless you are straight up, you know, on like a billionaire, this has not been a good economy for you. It's not a good economy for anybody. And I'm starting to realize, oh, shit, it's like it's almost like psychology, like economics on a mass scale is kind of a it's not a science, really. 
it's it, conviction. It, there's there's a little bit of a pseudoscience there. It's and, like you manipulate people by like making it seem like I don't know. I I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'm not explaining it well, and I I know there's there's a lot of people out there who could explain this better, but uh, yeah, you know, th th one of the big questions is how do you measure a good economy? Is it low unemployment? Because unemployment is really low right now, but right now it's because there's a gig economy. So people who are employed, I think that's something uh, enough to, who, to tell people and make them think that he's doing a good job. Just I that mean, alone, yeah. because that seems to be what like those are the numbers is, they keep citing. But it's like, oh, cool. I've got a job with Uber and I make less than minimum wage and I don't have benefits <laughs> and I have this car that I'm relying on. There's no insurance. There's no safety plan. Uh, also, I don't have insurance, uh, health insurance or anything like that. Um, you know, there's people who are working. Uh, you know, two, three jobs and they're not making that's ends meet. That's a very meet, good you know? point to make. Yeah, that's a definitely a very Rent, good point to housing, make. housing, everything is going up and Especially wages are Especially with all the these same. companies. Yeah, like Uber and Grubhub and Postmates and all these things that, yeah, there's plenty of more jobs, but is it really sustainable or is it really advancing us or it's, getting us, you know, out of uh, getting us ahead and, you know, the cost of living is still not matching up with what we're making. It's just... Uh, yeah, dude, it's it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's it's really not there. There's um. Oh shit, let me see if I can uh, pull this up here that I uh, saved the other day because somebody uh put it really well. It was a uh, uh, Kasim Rashid on Twitter. He's a, a lawyer, uh, one that I follow, a very smart guy. But he said, here's one way to visualize America's ridiculous wealth inequality. Imagine getting ten thousand dollars a day daily you would have one million dollars in a hundred days and you'd have a billion dollars how, how long do you think it would take to get you a billion dollars if you got ten thousand dollars a day mm, just just first shit. impression what, what does that feel like you get a million dollars in a hundred days okay so wait what do you don't don't even, don't even do the math you get you get a hundred days what, what do you think a billion dollars is for how many days would it take to get a billion dollars? Fucking uh, at that rate. Um, fuck, I don't know, dude. I'm not a math guy. Don't fucking put me on the spot like that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that. But, you know, we don't think of it this way. When we think about how much wealth is actually hoarded in the upper class that the 1% has, that the ultra rich, how much they're actually taking away. Because a billion dollars, if you get a million dollars in 100 days... You can get a billion dollars in 274 years huh. at the same wow. rate. Wow. That doesn't seem right, right? No. That's not, that what, definitely that, I don't me. care what you do, even if you cured cancer. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, how does anybody quantify, like, that tremendous gap between pay because, for, like, the value the, of their work? Because they, they can. They can't. <laughs> Nobody is worth a billion dollars. Nobody right. has ever made anything that was worth a billion dollars, much less multiple billions of dollars. Well, okay? they, they you can can't make... rightly so, but they do it because they've created these loopholes for themselves and, and gotten ahead. Well, that's what I'm saying to... is that none of them deserve it. They have oh, all earned, they have all got it off the backs of working people. You get right. a, you get you know what a, you know what a trillion dollars is? Two hundred and seventy-four thousand years at ten thousand dollars a day. That's a trillion dollars. Amazon valued 
at a trillion dollars. So while 43 million Americans are living in poverty right now, Amazon paid zero dollars in federal income tax since 2017. Since 2017, zero dollars. And they're slashing benefits and fucking (laughs) people. uh, uh, Okay, here's another like this is just to just I really want to tell stories because I feel like even even me, I'm still blown away sometimes because I don't really grasp like how much fucking money they have. Like, uh, uh, okay, in September, uh, Billy Foister, a 48 year old Amazon warehouse worker, died after a heart attack at work. Um, he was laying on the floor for 20 minutes before receiving treatment from Amazon's internal safety responders. Like for 20 minutes, he fucking died because he had a heart attack in an Amazon warehouse. Two weeks before, two weeks before that, he had put the wrong package in the wrong place and they were on him in two minutes. Damn. He had a heart attack, passed out and was laying on the floor for 20 minutes and then died. So this is the shit that we are doing right now. Like, when people, that's, that's the, that is the, the heart of, I think, what a lot of, like, the issues that we have in this country are, is that we have been, I mean, geared, we have been engineered, we've been taught our whole lives to not think about money value wealth in the way that makes sense to us because of how we live you know we me and you we have a very specific income you know we buy food that's it we cannot go below that income we don't get to play with imaginary money and when you think oh okay yeah that makes sense if uh if i'm you know if the hospitals are all packed with illegal immigrants and there's not enough for us like you know there's only just barely enough for all americans to get by right now completely ignoring that we could tax like literally six people at a fair rate and just obliterate uh you know most of the inequalities that are in this country that's what's fucking crazy about it you know there are people out there worth hundreds of billions of dollars like jeff bezos and they, I mean, it's, it's a fucking, it's a sickness. It is a goddamn just, sickness of the mind, and nobody is immune to that. Even Bill Gates this week, like, Bill Gates is usually the, uh, when somebody's like, oh, all billionaires are bad, they're like, what about Bill, what about Bill Gates? He's like, uh, you know, close to eliminating malaria in Africa and all the stuff that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have done. And that's great, but we've talked about charity here in the past. And even now, Bill Gates was saying, um, he had a quote this week talking about Elizabeth Warren's uh, proposed wealth tax, saying that he, you know, he's all for uh, some more taxes, but he said if he has to start paying, uh, you know, $100 billion in taxes, he said he's not sure if he can support Elizabeth Warren over Donald Trump. And now Bill Gates would still have, first of all, $100 billion, not even close to the number that she was actually proposing. But even if it was $100 billion, he would still have $10, $20, 30000000000 billion fucking left over. You couldn't spend yeah. that in 40 lifetimes, you know? I saw a number today that was like going as fucking ham as you could. Nobody could really spend more than like $8 million in their life, you know? Yeah. 
And yeah. and this shit's like, I think people just don't get it. It's so crazy to me that we spend so much time fighting each other, or rather, there's a side that that you know would point to all these reasons that might make sense to them in their world as to you know that they're that America is this it's this zero sum game you know it's this very finite pie and what they see in front of them is what there is you know like if if immigrants move into my neighborhood and, and live in this house well there's nobody else to live in this house and and you know it's it's this I don't know this great trick that's been played on everybody when we don't even realize it's like hey we have so much fucking wealth in this country we could eliminate homelessness we could eliminate poverty hunger we could easily easily fucking do medicare for all and take care of sick people in this country and immigrants you know illegal immigrants in this country like it's it's crazy that such a gigantic uh uh like the top one percent or point one percent whatever it was i I saw this number this week that now officially has passed the bottom 98 percent in wealth i believe it is i'll have to look the number up again but there was just some uh milestone that was passed recently and it's like I think I saw it. I think I saw uh, what you were talking about. How they had like, uh, the, like the nine nine guys or something like that that are wealthier than you know ninety eight percent of the or, or something like that. I I definitely think I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, and so it's like you couldn't spend let's say ten million, let's say twenty million, like in a lifetime. It's just like not, it, it, it's not something anybody can really conceive of spending that much money, but they can even do horror all this money and do all this stuff. Like there's, I think there is no job. There's no invention. There's nothing in the world that could earn somebody a billion dollars. Really? If it was, it should go to fucking day laborers, you know, people who risk their life to come to this country right in the back of a train and uh, pick fruit, you know? Fucking they are the only ones where I might consider, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe you can get a, 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 you know, a million or a couple million for that. Like, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's fucking, it's wild. Capitalism is a fucking trip. And um, every day I get a little bit closer to just being like, you know what, fuck it, seize the means of production, we're going full socialist. Like, it's, 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 you know, it's gross that the level of greed here, like, uh, okay, here's, sorry, here's some more here. Uh, so far from, uh, I didn't read the, the follow-up to that last uh, quote here. And I apologize. I hear myself. I know I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm trying to get through it to <laughs> kind of make a more coherent point. Um, you know, far from 10000 a day, the true U.S. median income is $85 a day. So while 260 million Americans live check the check and 43 million Americans live in poverty, U.S.'s top 400 billionaires pay a lower tax rate than teachers, EMTs, and first responders. This economy is rigged. And so I think that's my point, man. It's that we can do so much better. We just need to rethink everything. You know, this is the best time in all of history to be 
a billionaire, you know, to be in the ultra wealthy elite. They are doing better than ever. And they have just in the last two years looted more than ever before. And uh, it's time that we uh, start a revolution, you know, which we start putting that coalition together, man, because we can't take much more of this shit. It's going to be an interesting uh, play out, though. I mean, there's just it's a really interesting uh, and scary <laughs> thought to see what could happen. You know, how would well, like, you know, to, to make some real change. Somebody uh, some, somebody said some something to gonna... me. Or I heard something that actually did scare me the other day. And it was that like to pull all this stuff out off, there would need to be kind of like a historic transfer of wealth actually in oh okay i just remembered what it was it was i was listening to a show and they had this novelist on who was talking about his novel that he had written that was about uh america in like 2050 and how climate change had affected the world and how when we had gone to see to say hey look fossil fuel companies and oil drilling we can't do it like the world is dying it's going to die and so we tried to have a like to just seize them and say, no, it's illegal. You can't do that anymore. And that would be the greatest transfer of wealth since the Civil War, when the entire southern economy was based was based around slavery. And when we fought that, they were trying to hold on to their wealth so hard people went to war for it and they died for it. And so in this novel, that was the future that played out. That like actually a green revolution a Green New Deal caused like a civil war in this country. Um, and it, it, the book is about like the fallout from, I mean, just all the ravaging effects of climate change in like 2050. And it was just such a fucking trip. That's hardly, um, uh, what it's it called? That's hardly fiction as much as it is uh, current affairs. I was actually yeah. saw I saw this uh, funny meme where uh, in a bookstore they had um, uh, for your uh, what does it say just FYI uh, or for your information uh, all science fiction stories are now plays have been moved to current affairs. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh, fuck. ah dude yeah the the world is fucking stranger than fiction. Also, I did hear about a uh, Adam McKay was pitching a movie about a uh, about a giant asteroid is coming down hurtling towards earth and then just nobody gives a shit and i was like that sounds fucking perfect <laughs> like that's the, the best metaphor i could think of it's like oh we all see this giant asteroid coming down like the dinosaurs about to wipe us all out and then just nobody fucking cares or decides to even try to do anything about it Oh, I'm you know, like, because it's love a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. It's all a conspiracy done by the leftist globalists that, uh, you know, the reptilians are behind. And so that's why uh, they want you to believe that a media or that the world's dying and all that stuff. It's well, all I mean, news. I mean, it's all yeah. I, okay. It's all wrong. Literally, literally. I saw this on Twitter this week. Uh, I don't know if you know who Dinesh D'Souza is. And if you don't, congratulations. Your life has probably been uh, much more uh, uh, joyful than mine is but he is a fucking fool he's actually somebody who uh trump he he went to prison for i want to say tax stuff or something and trump that was trump's first pardon in office he just pardoned what? this guy 
he he's a just ultra conservative right wing pundit, absolute fucking fool. And he said on Twitter, he said, "Remember, uh, remember uh, nuclear winter? Remember when uh, the liberals were all up and arms about nuclear winter? Well, yeah, guess that planned out. We're gonna talk about climate change in thirty years the same way we talked about nuclear winter now. Fucking fools, like don't fall for it. And it's like, um, bro, do does." Do we really have to explain to this guy that nuclear winter didn't have them because we didn't have a thermonuclear war? Like, that was the whole point. Like, nuclear winter is what happens if multiple uh, atom bombs are set off at the same time. And right. he's over there saying, like, yeah, nuclear winter was a hoax. It's like, it how do you happen. deal with this level of not just stupid, but just bad faith, crazy shit flinging? You know, it's this it's this post Rupert Murdoch world that we're living in of of Fox News and buying up all of the, you know, these avenues of production and and then building this culture, this well, I mean, cult, you know, building this cult around uh, not just the cult that you don't even realize you're part of. Yeah. I mean, it's a cult of MAGA. It's the cult of evangelical Christianity. It's, it's, it's this convergence of all these, you know, these things that have been designed to fucking, uh, for people to sign off on their own death warrants, dude. And uh, fucking nothing, nothing I think has been more harmful to this country than Fox News in, in the modern era here, you know? And now all of its offshoots that I'm going through because this blatant, this, this misinformation that has been, I mean, that is, we, we can't agree on a fucking set of facts. Like they're still over there denying climate change. And now we're going into impeachment for clear, obvious, simple crimes that the president and his team have admitted to multiple, multiple times things that are spelled out in the constitution as impeachable and it's like well we'll see what happens it's like what the fuck how is anybody not convinced and like it's news and everybody's elated that like 53 percent of the country or something like that believes the president should be impeached and removed from office and it's like there's no debate here there's no argument coming from the other side even still there's no plausible reason to to not go forward with this i mean there the, the evidence is over fucking whelming and i don't know man i do know that the impeachment hearings those start tomorrow and so this is where we're going to see all this shit brought to life live so it's not just me who watches this shit obsessively and follows all these things they're bringing it like they're stopping all the programming tomorrow fucking nbc abc pbs they're all carrying it all day and uh it's gonna be a thing and so i am a little bit cynical i don't know how much of an effect it's gonna have but shit maybe maybe i might be underestimating the you know uh news savviness of the american people because i also thought that you know impeachment you know launching an impeachment inquiry was not going to budge the people who were all for him but it has actually done so a little bit like a lot more than i was thinking 
So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll where do be you where do you surprised. get that information? Like, how do you know that? There are polls that were done about like now that he's going to be impeached or like he's going to go through these hearings that he's lost supporters. Yeah, he actually has. There, there's okay. a lot of polls are consistently showing that that he's actually you know lost support. People are having a lot of trouble with this. The people are saying, "Oh, yeah, this is not good. This is bad," you know, because they're looking at. I mean, people who it, it, a lot of it is people who don't follow the news and people who go by their, you know, their old wisdom. Like there's a lot of people who support Trump or voted for Trump who just don't follow the news and they just they have their circle of friends who kind of tell them what's going on. They don't really keep up with it. They hear things and they go, OK, and I have a hard time faulting those people who are so in a bubble that they just, they literally don't get that's, it. That's, you know? I think that's so many people though. Yeah. I honest, like when I hear like a couple of weeks ago, I heard some family members saying stuff and it's just clearly not from any place of real understanding or knowledge. It's simply due to, you know, it just kind of is, it's like, you know, the Catholic person that goes to church every Sunday, but doesn't pay attention or know what's going on. They're just doing it because it's part of their, uh, you know, their ritual that they do every Sunday. It's like the same thing, you know, that they do. Ah, you know, we're like, they're, they're conservatives because, uh, you know, everything about were, and they feel, they, they feel like they identify more culturally with that movement and they don't, you know, look, I I can't, and they believe that, that they believe that that's, yeah. Like they believe that that's, um, that being a Republican is is going to make them pay less taxes because of less bureaucracy is what they believe. And Even so, though, unless you're a billionaire, your taxes went up this year because of Trump. Right. But people don't but these know are that. Things, you know, because people... they because they get the basic lies from a station that they watch and only halfway watch and pay attention to. So to them, you know, everything's okay. It's kind of like we were talking about how if you were to watch Fox News or something like that, like. They all say the complete opposite of what, you know, information we're getting from like any credible source. And so or even just the way I mean, that they spin a set of facts to make tons people of studies believe. have been done that people you are actually less informed than somebody who does not watch the news at all. If you watch Fox News, I mean, that's I mean, that those studies were done like, you know, way before the era of Trump. That's always been a fucking factor. And it's right. like, but when you but when you have all of those people in this cult convinced from the get-go that any facts or studies that you pull up is is fake news then like you really can't do anything about it that's the point that we're at you know that's the point you know you gotta hope that like there's other ways that these people will be convinced because i it's really in, insane to me how people can just easily write it off and not even realize that it's because that's simply the decision that they would that they want, uh, that's the the that's the reality that they would prefer because it's easier for them. You know, it's well, easier for them to not care about changing or making changes that might you know disrupt their way of normalcy or the way that they've been so used to doing things. You know, to making them feel responsibility. The um, problem is, is that everybody gets so cynical about politics in general, and the problem is this whole idea of both sides do it. You know. People, how many people do you know? Because I know a fuckload of them who go, oh, yeah, you know, the conservatives have Fox and the liberals have MSNBC or and, and CNN sometimes. I'm just like, what the f 
fuck are you guys talking about? That is nowhere near the same thing. Like all like it feels right, you know, to think that our politics is an equal but opposite thing. And I don't think that everybody thinks that it's equal. I think that what they're saying by saying is that if they do, oh, pe- then there's people do. I mean, people in the mainstream media do, you know, but I mean, that is I could definitely between... I could definitely see, though, to a certain extent, the idea that, OK, of course, they're like conservative and Trump supporting uh, Republicans are definitely uh it's it's ridiculous it's they're way worse for sure and you know that there are good people uh reporting and there are stories in places where you can find good news but there are places that are run by bigger corporations that do report um like what they're saying like uh you know cnn or those things not to say that it's on equal planes but they still do some like they're still fucking fucked up you understand like yeah i mean there's so many fundamental you know, misunderstanding. But I think and, it's and important so to call that hands, out. You know? Oh, absolutely. I think we should never stop calling out where the differences really are, you know? Right. To and, help. If, like, we're going for accountability, like, let's attack it on all ends, even though you're, I'm not, like, saying that one is, you know, that they're both the same, because it's clearly not. Uh, well, Because clear the, the scariest thing for me when I was talking about the, the polling that I was reading before was that something like 60% of... Uh, undecided voters um, I think it was in uh, battleground states where they were asked do you think that what's going on what the president's being impeached for is normal behavior (coughs) and like 60% of them said yeah this is politics as usual in Washington and it's like oh fuck that is where the Trump team they were smart you know They they are they're slinging so much shit and they are playing into the into the cynicism of not just the public but the media as well who are happy to both sides everything and what that's done is that's resulted in this shit where nothing like this uh, i mean maybe nixon you could kind of make an argument for but what he's being impeached for is fucking titanic this is the biggest scandal in presidential history by there, there is no comparison but nobody believes me they think i mean I'm ranting and raving about this shit so much. Nobody fucking. Well, okay. the, Go ahead. I think what it is is it is a psychological thing, and I and I think that it's because the the companies, the media companies that do promote the both, you know, what you're saying um, is has been poisonous, uh, are doing that intentionally, along with perhaps or unintentionally, perhaps um, just you know fictional television shows that we be that we consume ourselves with um, and kind of become um what's the word uh, that i'm looking for uh shit i'm super high again uh, everything gets desensi- hardwired desensitized, desensitized yeah. toward you know this reality to kind of like think that like you know just to kind of not be shocked by anything or to not really like understand the severity of things because you're right like you just you know it's it sounds like something you've heard before even if it was you know, in a fa- a television show about politics or something, it just I feel like a lot of that, whether we believe it or not, actually does have an effect largely on society. Now, oh, not absolutely. in any way, not in any way saying that we should go and, you know, uh, censor like fictional television shows or tell people not to be writing juicy stuff. But it's just it, it, it kind of is, you know, sad that um, it has happened that way. Yeah. And and. 
you know, it's it's rough, especially when, you know, they are so good at accusing the other side of what they're doing. And so then we say, what? No, that's you guys. You guys are the one doing that. And then it looks like a childish fight. You know, it looks like two kids arguing and then everybody throws their hands up and goes, ah, fucking politics. And they don't think about it any deeper than that. And that is the that's the thing we got to fight, you know. And so we're at uh, we're at an hour right now. And um, just in closing, then I wanted to end on a, on a, a lighter note. Um, first of all, our good friend Roger Stone is books. He. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He started his uh, case uh, basically open and shut this week. They just oh, came shit. out. Yeah, they came out. The prosecutor just laid a fucking mountain of incredibly damning evidence uh, against Roger Stone down. Basically, everybody threw their dick on the table. And then in very unlike Roger Stone, uh, he rested and called no witnesses. And closing arguments actually start tomorrow at 1 p.m. So that was really crazy. Not to mention that during this shit, um, they very clearly uh, implicated trump in the whole collusion thing that he was saying he was exonerated from by robert Mueller, uh they very clearly were working with wikileaks and all these new documents are coming out and basically what he's being impeached for right now is the same crime the ukraine stuff is all coming down from putin and it's all converging into one story and so we will see uh starting this week how well the democrats can actually sell the story to the people and hopefully this shit starts to take hold um, I don't know. I'm holding my finger. I'm I'm twisting my fingers, hoping this shit. Anyways, I'm hoping we get some good news and we have some uh, more interesting shit to talk about next week. And also on a a fun note here, Trump, as you know, was booed at the World Series. The Washington Nationals who booed him went on to win the championship. He was booed at the UFC, and then finally, he went to the University of Alabama game. Uh, where people were threatened with permanently losing their season tickets if they protested. He finally got cheers, but then Alabama lost their first game at home for the first time in 31 games, which is since 2015. So everything, I, I saw this hashtag the other day that I thought was great. Uh, it was hashtag ETTD, and I don't know how, but I just knew that it stood for everything Trump touches dies. And so my favorite little piece of this is that Trump last night was tweeting for everybody to go vote for Sean Spicer, his former uh, uh, Secretary of Communication, to vote for him on Dancing with the Stars. And then he lost, and then Trump deleted the tweet. I'm like, fuck, you are so incredibly small that you thought, oh, you couldn't dare be associated with somebody who lost Dancing with the Stars? Don't you have better shit to do? I don't know, man. Anyways, those were the silly things I wanted to end on. Oh, and Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani wants to start a podcast about the impeachment. And so I could not be more excited for my new favorite podcast from Rudy Giuliani because this is great. Uh, we're going to have him on the show next week to help promote it. Okay? So everybody, make sure that you subscribe to our show. That is at Let It Cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Catch us on uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, however you get your podcasts. And make sure because, man, Julian is going to be in studio next week 
We're going to be promoting his show. It's going to be great. And of course, if you guys <laughs> want to find me, you guys can find me at Nobody Cares Phil on Instagram and at Phil Nobody Cares on Twitter. So, for you, well, yeah. Do not forget that uh, this Sunday is Art in the Park's two-year anniversary. Woo! Come to Peak Park in Buena Park dressed as either your uh, favorite Hogwarts character or your favorite Hobbit, Dwarf, Elf, Wizard, you name it, because there's so many more characters and dope things about Lord of the Rings than there is in the Harry Potter. But you got to pick your side, come out, and join us. It's going to be a fucking awesome time. Uh, and I think that that's all... I have for this weekend. Um, you know, it's been that's enough. Been... Clear your schedules, people. Let's fucking go. Uh, the two yeah, year anniversary. We're going all out for this shit. Hell yeah, dude. It's gonna be fun. I can't believe we've been doing this for two years and talking about this. Uh, you know, um, it's just awesome to see uh where the, the maintenance is... of, of all of these different endeavors and these artistic things that we've built and seeing them grow and blossom into uh stuff that is just like uh and I don't know. It's it's it is it's truly really, uh, impressive, my uh, friend. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's very gratifying. So, uh, anyways, would love to see you guys all come out uh, and follow the psychedelic lions den on Instagram. That's psychedelic underscore lions underscore den. Uh, as always, hood rat stuff is my personal spot where you can and find me doing my thing. Uh, that's hood rat stuff with three f's. So yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in this week, listening, and uh, hopefully we can see some more interesting stuff in the news and, and get more shows in there so we can come back for our usual thing next week. We'll uh, see you all next week. Or, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just fade out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>